here is a very real dumb American thing. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. So stupid. Um, <laughs> I know that it's a long way away across the United States. Like when I fly, it's five hours to drive. It's three days. Like I understand that. But for yeah. some reason, when I think of Canada, if I am like headed to Vancouver and someone lives in Toronto and I'm like, oh, you like, would I be able to see you there? No, no, I will not Absolutely be able to see you there. Not. It's the other side of the country. <laughs> yeah, which in my brain, even though I live in the States in which it's the same, like it's massive, just the same, I my brain is so stupid. It's like, no, why can't you just come over? Yeah, no, because it would be like from Portland, Maine to Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Like that's pretty much the same thing. So welcome to a <laughs> dumb American's view of Canada. Welcome back to Toys on Tap. This week we bring on a dope artist all the way from Canada, Slime City Toys. So stoked that she's coming on. She came on to talk about her beginnings and all the collections she has, her toy journey, and where she's headed now with her vinyl figure. If you want to support the show, you can rate, review, follow, subscribe, wherever you get podcasts. Follow us at social media as at Toys on Tap. Now let's get back to this episode of Toys on tap. What's up? Pumped that you're on. There's this weird thing where Canada is just pumping out incredible toy artists. I don't know what it is, and you happen to be one of those toy artists. Well, thank you. I mean, there's not a whole lot of us, so. Do you know Scott Deeming? He... <laughs> Scott is one of the first people I've met. Like, we met uh, at a toy show. Yeah. And, like, I I pretty much started my toy journey with, with Scott. Mm -hmm. So. Was it because yeah. of him that you started? No, no. Okay. No, we met at, at a toy show. I had started already. Yeah, we're gonna dive into this. We're gonna we're getting ahead of ourselves. Please, yeah, please yeah. introduce okay. yourself. Uh, tell us what you do, who you are, all the stuff about you. All right, so I am Slime City Toys, also known as Slime or Emmy from Montreal, Canada, and I'm a a resin toy artist. Hell yeah, I I do this like always scrolling back all the way through everyone's Instagram. So. If there's ever any cringy things, I probably find it when I do this. And right. you didn't have any. You just had all the toys, which was dope, uh, which I was pumped to see because they it looked like right when you started making, somehow you already had this rhythm and knowledge of how to do it. And not many of us start out that way. I mean, it was, it's Instagram, right? So it was faking it. Yeah. You know, not faking it, but like, I wanted my toys to be clean, like yeah. right off the bat. So, so that's pretty much how I started. Basically, I, I tried to make them like, not perfect, but, you know, damn near clean, perfect, <laughs> clean toys. That that's what I was going for. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we got to do the obligatory walk me back. If you get into toys, that means you love toys when you were a kid and they kind of built that right. into you. Um, I'm 
uh, I almost said 20. That's unreal. I'm 33. Uh, so I had, I grew up in the nineties. I had those types of toys. How old are you? What types of toys are you growing up with and what kind of toys, how many did you have? I mean, I had a lot. I'm 36. So yeah. I was born in the eighties. I grew up in the, in the nineties and, um, the Ninja Turtles craze was pretty much me. Um, yeah. I was obsessed. I, I I had so many. Um, so I was I was into like your typical five point five figures, uh, Motu and Toxic Crusaders, Black Star, um, all those toys. Uh, I was fortunate enough that my parents um, didn't care that they were boys' toys. Right, I would still yeah. get them. Um, so I got to uh, to play with all the figures growing up. I You said a toy line that I've never heard before. What is Blackstar? Oh, okay. Uh, so Blackstar, um, it's by Galoob, the figures. It was a really short-lived um, animated series, uh-huh. like 10-ish episodes. And it was right before um, Masters of the Universe. And it's about like a villain and and John Blackstar, and they share a sword. And you know, like it's very similar. It's in space. You have like some crazy monsters. Look it up. It's it's a great toy line. Um, it's a great series, and it's very yeah. It's to me like I preferred Blackstar over um, Motu back then. I still do. Um, yeah. it, it has like the special place in my heart it's a very like small line not a not a whole lot of toys um but yeah great designs great figures so definitely look it up it's 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 fun and it's 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 quick right like 10 to 15 episodes i think it was from a i can't remember okay i'm assuming because it's 10 to 15 episodes it had like the first run of figures and never made it to like phase two pretty much, pretty much. exactly pretty okay. much something yeah. like there's a, a castle and a like two mounts a dragon and uh, uh, this other one crazy thing with wings um so yeah yeah sounds dope They're, yeah galoop made them so okay yeah. i uh also this i'm ashamed to admit this uh toxic crusaders i've never seen the movie um and i uh never uh collected it came out like right before me and then by the time right. i was old enough to even like toys i didn't i didn't know anything about it uh however justin uh ish i don't know how Ishmael. To say is that justin him Ishmael. yeah he that did just, the Paluto. Yeah. yeah that's crazy like looking because uh toxies were the like they only had the one run as well they didn't get to and so to see that someone like him tracked it down and then like met the person they rebuilt it and then redist like that's insane that's insane it's crazy and it's crazy cool too that someone who probably grew up on that show ended up working with the creator of those figures i think yeah it sounds magical to me (laughs) Uh, for the Ninja Turtle craze, I'm always interested because um, I love Ninja Turtle boots. But 
um, in Canada, probably not so many boots. How, what was the craze like? The I mean, in the U.S., mass hysteria, everyone wanted the figures, all the stuff. Same thing in Canada? Pretty much. Yeah, it was the same thing. Okay. Definitely. Was, yeah. I always am pumped about to hear about things like Ninja Turtles in other countries and like how crazy it really got. I mean, it was, it, it, I don't want to say worldwide because we're right next to each other, but yeah. it, it was there, right? It was everywhere. I remember going into uh, Toys R Us and like aisles of turtles. It was great. It was, it was the best times. Yeah. Did you, yeah. you made a comment earlier that your parents didn't care that they were boys toys. Yeah. So then I, I have to ask, did you have both sides of the spectrum then where they were also buying you? Barbie or Polly Pocket or all the other things? They were buying me what I wanted. Okay. So, yes, I had, like, a couple um, Polly Pockets. Mm -hmm. uh, but then again, I thought the boys' toys, boys' toys, yeah. were cool. Um, I was very drawn to, like, anything that was gross or slimy, like um, creepy crawlers and yep. Mad Max. That kind of stuff. Um, Toxic Crusaders, also. Um, but I just uh, I got what I wanted, basically, which was which was great because it made me who I am. I feel like I got I got lucky. Yeah, as you we have this natural trajectory where most of us grow up a little bit, get rid of toys and all those things. Were you one of the few that kept it, or you got rid of everything? I got rid of everything. I got oh. rid of everything because I was um I used my uh my figure money to get me a PlayStation. I remember. Okay. A a PS1. Uh and I turned into a gamer. Old like starting like 12ish and up. Um Yeah. So so yeah, I got rid of everything. I got into video games instead and then and then horror movies and the figures were long gone. I was not interested in, in those anymore. Yeah. Did you stay in horror movies? Like, is that something you still love? Oh, yeah. So, so in my twenties, yeah. I, I started collecting. Uh, so I studied a bit cinema and I started collecting VHS tapes mm -hmm. uh, at some point. All horror, everything horror, over a thousand VHS tapes. Holy jeez! So, so that was it, it, and it's still what I what I love. Um, but yeah, so now I uh, I jug juggle the two of them. You know, yeah, the two all my all my uh, <laughs> my collections. I have a lot of collections, so that's two of them: toys and and VHS tapes. Horror, when, mainly. Yep. Now we have to hear the other collections. I got to hear what are the other collections, because that usually, like, pushes us towards making and creative stuff. What are the other yeah. collections? So I um, I got vintage, like, I'm just looking at the room, too. Yeah. <laughs> so vintage Halloween, VHS tapes, uh, toys, obviously. Uh, vintage original posters. Uh, Simpsons. Okay. Uh, memorabilia. More horror, action figures, plants. I love plants. 
so fancy cute plants i love that um and i have uh so i have a, a pretty sustainable a pretty big uh hawaiian music records collection okay that's like really hundreds. specific that's very specific i also have like i don't know close to 50 um souvenir plates all from florida only florida with they're all different designs <laughs> what is on these plates are they like a specific it's like this you get you get the states you get oranges you get like some has um disney on it but it's mostly uh oranges and like the outline of the states uh why florida you... okay so all the snowbirds in quebec i'm from montreal right and all the snowbirds in quebec go to florida uh-huh. during the winter so when they they came back they would bring back those those souvenir plates and we have so many like you go to a thrift store and like you would find a couple dozens you know yeah. like it's because so many people go there every single year um so it was something that was really easy to collect um so in my 20s i i don't know I got excited about that. Yeah, I really like that collection. I there is something about when someone collects like miniature spoons or something like that. I'm right. all about yeah. it. Yeah. It's different for sure. Yeah. Uh do you I rarely talk about other podcasts, but do you listen to Werewolf Ambulance? No, I don't know. I don't oh know. Oh my that. gosh. If there's ever a podcast to listen to, all they do is talk about horror movies every week. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of horror podcasts, but uh, I'll gi- I'll give it a try for sure. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, so you you get rid of those. You start uh, gaming, and which gaming are we talking? Like you just start playing video games, or you become that gamer, whatever that looks like. Uh <laughs> the second the, the okay. second one the e option uh yeah. i got really into so i i started playing like your typical uh console games and then i got into um diablo 2 and yep. then counter strike 1.5 and 1.6 and i got really serious about that like i was playing a lot i was doing competitions and all that jazz i had clans and stuff like that so that was my later teens that was that was me i was pretty much only gaming um and then i turned 18 and started going out and decided that gaming was no longer the thing to do okay just gave up on like are you walked away from did you ever return i did not and okay. fun, funny enough like people i played with um went pro like that's it turned out to be their um their jobs yeah back in a time where um pro gaming was not a thing really yeah is there that's a, really is there a piece of you at like on a deep level that really misses it not really i mean i still play like casually i don't play counter strike or all those shooting games but casually i still play okay and that's fine that suits me better it gives me more time to do 
other things such as toys. <laughs> yeah. Rad. Yeah. As you you left that, you turned 18. Um, did you go to college or go to school? After? I don't know what it's like in Canada. Do you guys go to university right after? Yeah, there is like, it's kind of like college in Quebec. We have like this, um, it's in between school. Okay. And yes, I went and I didn't last because I wanted to party and uh, and party. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that didn't last. Um, so I was just partying for a couple of years and then I, I started playing roller derby, um, which took pretty much all my 20s. Um, I was um, traveling and playing and having fun. I love roller derby oh good that's cool <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. when i i have very few memories uh when i was really little going to my grandfather's house but two of the memories have to do with him putting me in front of a tv and watching two separate sports one it was like uh i think it was called like trampoline ball or some kind of basketball but they were on trampolines <laughs> Whoa, whoa, that, yeah. sounds, that sounds crazy. <laughs> and then same channel, Roller Derby was on. And I remember watching it and being pumped about Roller Derby. I mean, yeah, it was pretty exciting. It was it was a great time. Like, I I lived through my 20s definitely doing that. It was, it was very exhilarating, you know. It was very exciting. Yeah. And I, mean, I got to travel a lot to the States, you know. I was playing games, like, pretty much everywhere on the on the East Coast. Um, so I got to, yeah. Any major injuries? Oh yeah. Uh, a handful of concussions and I tore the ligaments of my, of one of my ankles twice. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, the galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have an engine failure. We almost crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait! Salvation! Hooray! We're saved in DLP2! Limited edition custom artist made action figures in DKE Toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! Um, yeah. Okay. Concussion made me stop at, at, at one point. Um, because it was too much. I yeah. was hitting my head too much. <laughs> That's awesome. You've had <laughs> yeah. this life where, like, you've done the most fun, cool things. And that's all I, I love hearing about that. At some point, um, in between doing roller derby and like finishing off the party scene, possibly, you find yeah. toys. Where where did you finally click back into toys? So I I got some figures back like thrifting and I put them next to my VHS tapes and I thought that looks really good you know <laughs> it it's a good mix it, they match like the proportions and all so I got some um, some Ninja Turtles yep and then I started getting into um designer toys and and resin artists on instagram like it was picking up so so i got some of those 
and the the rest is history yeah what year are we talking when you start getting into this stuff uh i want to say 2017 maybe okay. um for the resin stuff uh you know i was aware of um a vinyl before that but really like the scene if we can't call it like that um yeah 2017 i think because i started late 18 is when i started making shit so okay but there is always a jump i mean collecting <laughs> toys because they look great with vhs tapes yeah they do there's something about vhs <laughs> tapes and toys i you know i tried to figure out i did i used to do mural work and then i realized if you live in a big city 70 other people are doing mural work so you have to be the top and i am i'm not the top so i like was like oh, i'm not ever going to get work and so in trying to figure out what type of art i wanted to do i used to do um the vhs cases right yeah like which was super fun to like redo yeah. them and and all that stuff and then i i found out about spool swapping yep which that's a crazy thing as a kid you never think that that's possible then you see it happen um and then i man well, how do i i don't know how i made the jump but i ended up falling out of like doing the vhs stuff i think it's nostalgia though like watching those tapes when we were younger and then playing with toys maybe that's why we think they look so great together because that's how we were brought up yeah yeah, I did burn out a couple tapes just watching them too much. Right. Uh, it was mm -hmm. like, I think it was like Little Rascals was one of them. Just burnt that thing out. And it was crazy that that was even possible. Yeah, watching it over and over. Yeah. And then I had to, um, I don't know if you ever had it growing up. There was a car that you could put your tape in and hit it and it would rewind it for you. Yeah, that was a cool little gadget. Yeah, I yeah, VHSs are so crazy. Did you ever get into like customizing or putting your own stuff on them as you were collecting them for horror and stuff? No. Okay. I was just into watching them and like yeah. finding like obscure unknown 90s weird weird movies, you know, yeah. that that's my jam. like the stuff that never that never made it into uh into the the dvd and blu-ray yeah are we talking yeah. like is the equivalent of that sharknado now i mean sharknado's got like pretty big you know like it got pretty mainstream everybody knows about sharknado so i would say no okay uh, because it's those movies that were like shot on video and then just released by some people like on a shoestring budget yeah because they loved it right like velocipaster is one that i it was like what are we doing here why would we do this why why not yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> answer is always why not yeah so uh, at some point you collect the toys and you see the resin scene and designer toys and um you continue that how did you it seems like you've had this creative spark in you as like time has gone on. 
and that you've like wanted to find some way to put that energy into something how did you decide toys was it uh it's funny because I, i had no sculpting or like artsy endeavors before Mm-hmm. prior to making toys um and for some reason i decided that uh i wanted to uh to hand sculpt everything uh, bootlegging was not for me so sorry um so yeah so i had to to teach myself basically because i had no training whatsoever um and yeah i was done with roller derby i was not looking for something but mm-hmm. i thought it would be it would be cool to just try it out. And I ended up falling in love with just creating those, those toys and those monsters. What was that first toy that you did? It's called a Glorb. Um, I mean, it technically it's not the very first. I did some bootlegs first, some okay. Star Wars bootlegs, um, because that's what, everybody was doing at that time i mean it's still pretty out there uh but so it was uh i did a couple couple bootlegs of uh, of some vintage um star wars figures and and then it was this monster with a skull head like if you if you went back mm-hmm. you probably saw it um uh i did that pretty early on like i i realized that bootlegging was not for me necessarily uh, I needed like I don't want to say something more, but something more personal, maybe. Yeah, because you made those. I did see the Vaders you did in the different colorways. Exactly. And so then those... you had a little spark or something where it was like you did those and then started dripping resin on them. It looks like. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Uh, yeah, because I thought not that it was boring to me, but I was like they're just copies so how can i make them different in a way yeah um so i i just started dumping dumping resin on top um but th- but then yeah it was still not enough yeah <laughs> i wanted to yeah have a connection go the hard way and like make something that was really that would speak for myself yeah how do you think that that informs the work that you do now the the need for this personal like more creative something different than you've seen do you think that forces you to do something different as you're creating toys i hope so and like i can see the growth and yeah. like and how I was feeling when I created certain things, you know, like it, it tells a story. Um, and that's, that's neat. Right. Um, it's important to me, I think a little bit yeah. other than like being cool and like existing. Yeah. Cause that, that's what we do, right. We, we turn, we create things. So. I do like, I, I, there's only a couple that I've done exact bootlegs of, which is fun, but you're right. There is something, if there's not some kind of creative oomph in there, there is something that could be missing, like personally. And I think I have that in like, I, if I make something, I always want to think, okay, what's the next step? Like, how do I make this mine? 
I mean, that's that's a very personal choice. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Some of those bootlegs are top notch and like super creative mm-hmm. in their own way. Um, it was just not for me. Yeah, which is also fine. You know, I, I I do believe that there's a toy for for everyone out there. Like, if you look, there's there's gonna be something for you. So when I went into this, I thought, well, I'm not doing. I don't want to say mainstream, but like everyone knows Star Wars. Yeah. Like nobody knows like that that one monster that I create. So so I was hoping that that there was a place for for what I was doing. Yeah. And absolutely. I think I think there is. I think there is and I think it's true for for anyone wanting to to get into toys like uh, there is a toy for everyone. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's the hope. The hope that I always have is that this scene, regardless of the work that gets made by any artist, because it's always growing. Um, if I don't like it, if I do like it, if it's not my thing, whatever it is, my hope is that it's there's still a place here. It it, it totally it totally does. Yeah, it, like and some someone else will love it. It's okay to to say. I respect the work behind it, but it's not for me. Yeah. Like it's not for my collection. It's not my aesthetic and that's fine. Um, someone else will say, I love this and I need this in my life. So, so it's all good at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. And it makes your, it makes your collection when you look at it much more personal. You're not just getting stuff for the sake of getting stuff. You get, you get the figures and the toys that speaks to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been looking back. Um, and the odd thing on like my own work, I've been having those thoughts of like, that works not for me, but it's like, man, that was mine. Like I, that's what I started out with. I mean, you, you didn't know any better, maybe. Right. Yeah. As you You did what you did, what you thought would work and maybe it did, it did at that time, but now you've grown out of it and that's also fine. Yeah. I had a big thing starting out where I like to just put random things in blisters or come up with like kitschy ideas or like clever, whatever I wanted to do. Um, And I still think that there's definitely a place for that. I just am not good enough. I mean, there's definitely a place like a lot of artists still do that. It was like, it was going strong a couple of years ago, but it's still, it's still a thing. So, so definitely like, Again, there's there's a place for everything. Absolutely. On your wall. So. When you mm-hmm. were creating and in these beginning stages, um, you were talking uh, earlier. We talked about the idea that like Canada produces all these dope toy artists, and you guys are just killing it. But then you said there's not that many. So when you start creating and doing these toys. What's it feeling like? Does it feel alone? Does it feel, are you just looking for anyone else that's around you? I was not actively looking, but then I found, I found two artists uh, in Montreal Mm -hmm. uh, right as I, I started. Um, So it was really cool to connect with people that were, that was doing the the same thing Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's pretty niche. Like nobody knows about, about that stuff. And like at, at a toy show, I met Scott and, and we began a friendship and like helping out each other out um, in the process of making stuff. 
so that was you know it it really gave a sense of of having my little gang with me yeah like still to this day they're like there's not a whole lot of of artists like compared to the states at least like canada is really big but the population is very is very small and then so that reflects um the number of artists that we that we have here is a very real dumb american thing are you ready yeah let's go so stupid um (laughs) i know that it's a long way away across the United States. Like when I fly, it's five hours to drive. It's three days. Like I understand that. But for some reason, when I think of Canada, if I am like headed to Vancouver and someone lives in Toronto and I'm like, Oh, you like, would I be able to see you there? No, no, I will not be able to see you there. It's the other side of the country. (laughs) Yeah, which in my brain, even though I live in the States in which it's the same, like it's massive, just the same, I my brain is so stupid. It's like, no, why can't you just come over? Yeah, no, because it would be like from Portland, Maine to Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Like that's pretty much the same thing. So welcome to a dumb (laughs) American's view of Canada. No, no, you're good. You're good. Yeah. uh i do yeah i do love the toy makers from there um and they're they're you're right there isn't as many as um being i mean with toys on tap i get to interview people from all over so it gives me access to um different countries i guess um or different makers and and it's cool to see like at designer con like i one of my favorite things to do is pick scott up from his hotel and we go to designer con and hang out all day i love that right. piece. um yes. and then this uh past year i got to hang out with not only him but magoob jamie came in and it was like hanging out with my two canadian people <laughs> and so it's like growing <laughs> which is awesome and um it's cool to see the scene that's developing there i know that toy ronto exists i know um now you three are up there lab monkey number nine is up there so it's cool to see like it, it may be a small community but it's a freaking powerful one very tight you mentioned toronto toronto is a big reason and lab monkey big reason how why i i pursued um doing toys like more seriously yeah um so very tight, very tight knit community because there's not a lot of us, yeah, for sure. With what was it about Lab Monkey? I mean, incredible guy. He's been on the show. Um, what was it about him and Toy Ronto that kind of pushed you further into toys? Okay, so it's a funny story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Toy Ronto, uh, we're having uh, a show at a gallery mm-hmm. in person. Um and I don't know, like two months before the show, I I messaged the Instagram account for Toronto, Toronto and I asked like, hey, would it be cool? It's mind you, it's really out of character. And I asked, is there a way like I could be part of the show? And it was it was La Monkey that, that was um, running that account saying like, well, thank you for reaching out, but like the show is in like two months. We're full, we're booked, we're like ready to to rock it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's all good. So I'm like, okay, you know, that's that's mm, 
sure yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> it makes sense like i i didn't think that through like the logistics of putting mm-hmm. on a show I'm just like hey you know like but uh but fast forward two weeks three weeks maybe i get i get a message uh from toy ronto again saying hey one of the artists bill do you want to come up mm. so i'm like hell yeah this is really this is really really early uh in my toy toy making career um passion and i'm like second guessing myself and doubting and like am am i good enough to to go up there and see like toxic fumes and angry beasts and naomi naf they're all like doing that show people i look up to um and he says, like, yeah, did you want to come up? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll come up. And I like I rushed, I made I make all my toys. I'm like, I'm freaking out. Drive to Toronto. See, for driving. Like yeah. six hours, roughly. Six hours. Drive to Toronto, get at the gallery, and like I had like the most amazing night of my life in recent years um it was it was like a dream i like i was living outside of my body the the whole evening it was unreal um i to meet all those people in real life and and it was magical it was it was crazy and talking to the artist um really pushed me into saying like okay um i might be i might be okay at this i might like I want more. I can, mm. I can do better. I can do more. Let's go. Let's, let's dive in, you know, let's, let's embrace this, this path and see where, where it leads. So that's my, uh, that's where I, I met Lab Monkey um, mm. and all others. And yeah, that's my story with uh, Toronto. Which is, I, there's something powerful when all the toy makers start getting together. I think that's why I love designer con or, or even um, I've hung out with a couple toy makers cause they live relatively close. Um, and it, it's, it's cool just to be able to have something that's so niche and common with someone else. And share together. Yeah. So I was at assembly required earlier this year in February. Mm-hmm. That was my, show outside of canada and again meeting the people there was was the best part of the show for me yeah. you know it was being like and being in that room and feeling the vibe and like seeing the toys and the colors and the and the resin you know it's it's really special yeah are you looking to come back to assembly required again and do or are you coming to designer con this year what's that what's that schedule like uh, I don't have a table, mind you. Like uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going uh, as a as a person. Um, so I'm going to Designer Con, and I'm hoping uh, because I'm going to Designer Con, Assembly Required is Thursday night, 7 p.m. YouTube Live. It's Toys Alive. Toys Alive. Toys Alive. There's way cool artist unboxing. No Accounts under a thousand followers. What? Art out there for thirty bucks or less. Collector spotlight. Current upcoming shows and drops, giveaways, short chats with artists, (laughs) (laughs) news from the hood, 100% indie, all the time, that's That's Toys Toys Live. Live.
Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. Is off the table. Yeah. Um, but I would love to go to Five Points. Because it's really, I could drive to Five Points and that would be, that would be cool, I think. Okay, we got to pause. See, you just, you just messed up my, like, how I envision how big Canada is and stuff. You just said you could <laughs> drive to Five Points. Are you close yep. to New York? It's, I want to say seven hours. Okay, so that's pretty much the same time as Toronto, basically. So you can either go to Toronto or go to New York. Okay. But yeah, um, so in Quebec, we're like, I want to say an hour and a half away from the borders. Yeah. So like going going to Vermont is technically faster than going to Toronto. So yeah, New York. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, New York City uh, is is very drivable. Okay. So That's I would, awesome. I would make it there. Hopefully, that, yeah. I get but like who knows you know that's a cool show to go to i know that like it's huge obviously on the east coast um but there's a lot of west coast artists and artists from all over that fly out so you get to see some of the craziest things um yeah. i've i've never been uh but it is definitely on the list to like eventually get to yeah let me know how it goes but see to me designer con is a bit out of reach for me yeah 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 like it's it's it, it, it's too big um and maybe i'm just i just don't know enough but like i feel like five points is smaller mm-hmm. uh, so who knows yeah and it's closer so that helps but yeah yeah designer con um it is massive you spend i don't know i, I i've tried to figure out but like you spend so much time just talking to people and um i only do one day there but there's not enough time to see all the people that you want to see so then you have to kind of like negotiate like who who on this list is gonna like am i gonna be able to talk to or not and so that's that's a bummer that's why like um every the past two years that i've gone scott and i have left designer con and went and gone like antiquing and it's so rad (laughs) yeah I bet. yeah but hey this year you can come with us for sure like i'm gonna be there i mean yeah. i intend to uh to spend all my money and meet everyone <laughs> so uh, you you went to these and started to build up this um this like repertoire of like meeting artists and building up your own brand and all of these things um and that's probably if i had to guess Correct me if I'm wrong. 2019 ish. I mean, yeah, I started. Yeah, I started okay. 2000. I mean, wait. I feel like um, like hashtag gallery was in. I lose track of time. I'm really okay. bad with dates. Um, sorry, I would have to look it up. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um you so you start i'm I'm, it's i'm assuming it's around there before the world shuts down um yeah okay so hashtag was definitely before before covid okay i want to say it it could have been in 2018 though yeah how did you 
use your desire. So as we're you're approaching that, you have this new like you're just going full force into toys. You want to do your own stuff or something that feels more creative or personal for you. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. That does that inspire you to start creating new things that you've never done? Does it force you into new realms? What was that like? I mean, if you look at all my figures, nothing is like they don't look like they're from the same place. Yeah. Um, they're all different. Like, I like playing with. I did some bootlegging of 5.5 figures at some point, and then yeah, like in on a technical point, I feel like I I did try out some things. Um, but yeah, I just, I guess I just create whatever feels right at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, you create two things that remind me nonstop of nostalgia. Uh, you have one of the aliens from Men in Black. Yeah, the Clylian. That thing, like I see it and yeah. I, I can tell you all the parts of the movie, like everything around it. And then you, you have this eye where does it come from? It comes. Uh, I sculpted the head. The right. the eyeball is hand sculpted. I sculpted the the hands on top of uh, of a Motu figure and the and the feet as well. That and it's that one that um, I think I sent it to. I was like, oh my god, this. You'll remember this then. In oh, I don't know if it was PlayStation One. It might have been PlayStation 2. I don't know. Um, Neversoft, they created Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And it's that eye, and they have this one opening scene, and I've always wanted a toy of it, where it's like this zombie thing with the eye like wrapped around it. Right. And I see that toy, and it sends me back to like age 15, and it's like, oh my god, that's toy. Best story, babe. Best soundtrack. Um, But yeah, I love... I love eyeballs um so i i sculpted the that eyeball for um i used like the initial figure was uh the body of a playmobile okay and then i reused the eyeball on the body of the motu um that's how eyes were came about it's yeah i love that the the idea that it's just an eye on top there, I was consumed when I first started creating my own stuff of like, how would this character eat? How would this character, like stupid stuff that's so dumb. And so to see an eyeball as a head, you, you nailed it. It looked great. Yeah, no mouth, no nothing, just just an eyeball. Yeah. Um, when As you've done this, um, are there, you've done a couple shows and I see that, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, uh the punk rock flea market is that what it's called yep in montreal yep do you table at it i yeah i i certainly do so my two of my very good friends came up with that with that show um that's been getting bigger and bigger each year and i was fortunate and lucky enough to um to attend for like i don't know like I missed maybe the first two, maybe the first one, but then I I I get it. I get my table every time there. Yeah, and it's crazy. It's so big, like, like it's, 
and I'm the only person doing toys there. So it's really um That's interesting. Insane. Yeah. Do you, yep. so it's just nonstop fielding questions about what are these? What are you doing? Exactly. Oh, like that. That's so original. Like you're that's I've never seen anything like this. So so that's a, that's a good part um, of doing shows that are not toy shows is explaining what what I do and why I do it. And maybe having someone who doesn't collect toys to pick up a piece. Yeah, I love that. I really I really do. And I feel like my toys um, are not designed at toy collectors specifically. Like anyone could could get something out of it. Yeah, that's always my hope. Um, I know that with this scene being so small, I just want mm. non-collectors to look at it and feel something. Yeah, for sure, because it's it's art. So. Yeah. It's your way of expressing yourself. When you've done these things and now you've gotten to this point in your toy career, uh, so you're like four or five years in, um, and you're making these toys, are you more interested in one-offs? Are you looking to start doing runs? Where do you see yourself headed? As of right now, uh, the prototype for my first vinyl figure has landed. <laughs> Just yes. like last week yeah <laughs> so i think that's the that's that's the next chapter for me uh i've always felt like vinyl could be um a good a good way for me to express my toys um so so yeah so i'm still gonna be doing resin because i love the whole process of sculpting and molding and casting and sending and like it's it it's great i love sitting it in my garage making stuff so yeah. i'm i'm not gonna stop doing that but uh but yeah i'm trying new things so not right now obviously so it's gonna be uh 2024 yeah walk me through me. that is it is it eyesore is that what's becoming the vinyl no no uh it was um it, so the the last uh, sculpt that I did, the Demoblin, uh, is like a demon with three eyeballs yeah. uh, and horns. Um, initially, I wanted to turn that into a vinyl toy, but it's pretty small, so I was advised to make it make it bigger, uh, which I did. So I resculpted everything, and I have a legit like seven inches sculpt. I've never sculpted in that scale, so that was that was interesting for me um so yeah i'm excited about that i haven't i haven't really posted um not that i wanted to keep it a secret but i'm i'm just waiting to see if it works well now the secret's out and you've got the you said the prototype now yeah so i i did a a resin a full-on resin prototype so like massive right it's like inches of of resin uh that i sent out west so and then is it like so i just have no idea how that works as far as vinyl and like getting all that stuff done if you are creating this um and they see it and they're like hey we got to make some tweaks here is it just bouncing back and forth until a mold is created and then they go for it (laughs) 
I mean, I would assume yes. Okay. Uh, right now, I have someone helping me with that. Yeah. With the jointing and like making sure it works in terms of vinyl, because it's not the same thing as uh, as resin, obviously. Yeah. Um. But I would assume yes. Uh, it's back and forth, or maybe not. Maybe you just send it and they they make it. Who knows? That's again. so sick. Again, and it, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm having like some help right now with yeah. that because I know, I mean I have a lot of vinyl fi like figures that I collect, but like making one is is a new is a new thing for me. Absolutely, congrats on getting this process going. Thank you so much. Thank um, you so much. As you are like approaching this this cool milestone to have your own vinyl toy and and go towards that. When you look over your work and you see all the toys and the stuff that you've created, would you say that you have a style and are you able to identify that style? I mean, I would say yes, but those are my my own eyeballs. Yeah. So, so maybe you could tell me when you look at them, if you see like, obviously I make a lot of monsters mm -hmm. and slimy and skulls and stuff like that do i like have a distinct style <laughs> i always ask that question because i think it it like helps get us thinking about what does our work look like what does it do over the course of however long does it evolve does it still have us in it and i think your work absolutely that eyeball knowing that it's your sculpt if i ever see that anywhere i'm gonna know it's you um and the monsters, and I, I think that there is pieces of you that go through your work. So I would for sure say you have a style. Um, but I do like to ask that question because it helps us to start figuring it out. Because if the if the answer to that question is like, no, I don't have a style. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, yeah. I mean, for sure I've evolved. Like technically, yeah. like I I look at my older figures and like I think that my sculpting has gotten better. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Like I'm more able to translate what I want to, what I want to like show basically. Um, so that's, yeah, again, it's my own perspective. So I'm, I'm biased. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, one of my uh, favorite parts as we start to like close out this episode is to give the toy artist all the time in the world to plug whatever they want to talk about, whatever they got for upcoming projects, people they love, where they can be found. If you do collaborations, all those things. Uh, so this time that's, that's for you right now. All right. Well, I'm on Instagram as, as we all are. Uh, I'm planning on going to, I am going to Decon. Um, other than that, I'm working on too many figures at the moment. So lots coming up in that department other than my vinyl figure um and yeah collabs sure why not hit me up um and that's 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 pretty much it you know like i'm i'm mainly only on instagram and in real life you can catch me in real life yeah. somewhere maybe <laughs> only at designer con this year so we're we're yeah, waiting that's for the you last stop for this year for sure. Thank you so much for coming on Toys on Tap. Uh, it means the world when artists come on and give their time. I mean, thank you so much for having me. It was super exciting and 
nerve-wracking, frankly. <laughs> but, um, but thank you for thinking of me. Yeah.